He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys with you on a Tuesday, ready to get you ready for all the golf coming up this weekend. Reminder, we are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. So head over to golfoklahoma.org. Check out all of the best coverage in the state. And I know, uh, Sam, if I'm not mistaken, the 2021 preview edition of the magazine for the Senior PGA Championship is on its way. Uh, Sam, when's that dropping, and how can people get a hold of it? Uh, it'll be dropping here in the next couple of weeks, and people can get it. Obviously, you can uh, go to golfoklahoma.org and subscribe to get the newsletter and uh, the magazine. And um, it's also distributed to all 168 courses in Oklahoma. So you can go to your golf course and pick one up as well. Fantastic. Everybody make sure you get a hold of that as the Senior PGA is on the way. Fellas, the Valero Texas Open this week uh, down in San Antonio. We'll get into that much, much more after the break. There's a lot going on in the game of golf this week. First off, let's talk about the big withdrawal uh, down in San Antonio. It's been a weird week for DJ. DJ last week at the match play, he has it go down with Kevin Na on Friday with, with the rules discrepancy, uh, and then he gets beat. McIntyre hits it up to two feet. Now DJ decides, oh, I need some more golf. I'm going to play the Valero. So DJ commits to the Valero as a late addition, and he's in the field for all of about three days before he decides, you know, I don't think this is for me, and he WDs from the Valero. So Taylor, we'll start with you. What do you think of, of DJ's uh, kind of wishy-washiness on whether he wants to play golf this week? Yeah, I kind of think you get that with a lot of a lot of players this time before before a major because you know we've talked about before guys we you have your, you have your guys where they want to play the week before and then they don't and DJ seemed to be one of those guys where he's kind of in between where sometimes he'll play the week before sometimes he doesn't vice versa that kind of thing and I mean there's it's one of those deals to where if you feel like you're going to be better from practicing maybe even going down to Augusta playing a practice round um a week before maybe better i'm not sure exactly how much augusta will change the course from from the week before to till next week sam you might have a better more info since your dad's been there and you you and your dad have been there so many times but um but yeah i think just for dj he just probably felt hey um my my mind may not be there 100 percent for this tournament and and from playing there guys tpc san antonio is not a course that you want to play if you're just kind of going out there to half-ass it and so DJ would have needed maybe two or three dozen balls had he teed it up with not a hundred percent mindset. So I think for his chances going into Augusta, I think they may actually be be better for him skipping this tournament than actually playing it. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, I I agree uh, with DJ. If it were me and I were DJ, I wouldn't play the week before um, for two reasons. Because one, because it's not like the Shell Houston Open used to be, which was comparable grasses to Augusta National. Completely agree. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little different down there in Houston at TPC San Antonio at the Oaks Course, and um, and then the travel issue. You know, it, say he did play really well late into Sunday, then he's not getting to Augusta either until late Sunday night or Monday. Um, and then it changes your whole schedule for your practice for the next week. Plus, you've got to put in a day of rest. And this way he can rest and then uh, get going next week. And so I, I like that for DJ. I think he made the right decision. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see how it pays off for DJ in a couple of weeks at Augusta because, of course, a week from now we will be doing our Masters previews, and we cannot wait for that. We'll have some great shows coming your way next week, Masters week, as we get ready for the first major of the year and the second Masters in a span of about five months. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun next week as DJ looks to defend. Fellas, th- this weekend, why don't we go ahead and turn the page a little bit while we're talking Augusta National over to the women because the second Augusta National Women's Amateur will take place this week in Augusta. It's 82 of the top uh, women players in amateur golf. It's a 54-hole stroke play event. So the first two rounds, I think a lot of people think the whole field just goes and plays Augusta National. The first two rounds will be contested at Champions Retreat Golf Club down in Georgia on Wednesday and Thursday. The final round will then be held at Augusta National on Saturday. So the low 30 players out of 82 in the field will qualify for the final 18. And it's not 30 in ties, fellas. It's the low 30. Any ties will be determined by a sudden death playoff. So we could, Thursday afternoon, have some young women going into a sudden death playoff playoff with a trip to Augusta National, once-in-a-lifetime trip on the line. I I love that they've instituted this event. I love the intensity of it the first couple of days trying to get to Augusta National. I love the sneak preview of the golf course on the weekend. What do y'all think of the Augusta National uh, women's amateur as it makes another appearance? Yeah, you know, guys, I I, I really love it in particular. And funny thing is, you know, this is only the second one. It feels like Jennifer Cupcho won like 10 years ago now. That seems like how long ago it was that this first event happened. And it seemed to be a major success from around the club and uh, not also just around, uh, you know, with the Augusta National crowd of, of people, but just it, golf world in general just loved it. And I know that, that especially for junior women's golf, that's been a big propeller and um, kind of a uh, momentum boost for, for that, uh, that uh, segment of the golf crowd. So I've, I've loved it. I thought it was a very exciting tournament. And I also, you know, like you mentioned, Colby, not every single um, lady in the tournament will get an opportunity to play the tournament competitively. But I do believe they each get a practice round at Augusta. So it's at least cool for them to be able to get out there and at least see the course once. And I'm not sure on this either. I know, like, for example, with the drive, chip, and putt, a lot of those kids will stick around the week after and be able to watch the Masters. I'm not sure if any of those ladies are able to do the same here, but I sure hope they are because with the limited amount of fans, or I'm sorry, that was very offensive of me to say, the amount of patrons that Augusta is allowing to have this year, <laughs> I would hope that some of some of those ladies would get to be those patrons because, I mean, it's going to be such a cool experience to go to Augusta in general, like you know, Sam, but let alone to be one of the limited patrons to get to go. I mean, we saw the, the, the few members that were out there when DJ won five months ago and how cool that was. I just can't imagine the experience of being there, you know, the – in April with it being lush, with it being at, what is it, half capacity, 30% capacity, something like that. I mean, it, it would just be super cool to me, guys. Yeah, and as far as the golf goes, um, you're going to have Beatrice Wallen. Uh, she's a junior from Sweden who uh, plays at Florida State. She hadn't finished outside the top 10 um, in any of her four starts this spring uh, for Florida State. Uh, she actually finished tied for seventh last time they had the ANWA there. Uh, and had three birdies on the back nine. Um, so these women, last time it was great theater uh, on the back nine uh, with Cup Cho and, and, and the girl from Arkansas. I, I think it's going to be awesome, and I think this is just uh, a great thing for golf in general, not just women's golf. 
Yeah, I think so too. And I, I think people would be amazed at uh, just how good these collegiate players are. I went out to Carson Creek and volunteered with Golf Channel, did some stuff whenever nationals were there. Uh, in 2018, I did the, the women's and the men. And I followed a girl named Andrea Lee from Stanford. She was one of the top amateurs in the world. She's on the LPGA Tour now. I watched her shoot 30 on the back nine at Carson Creek, and it, it absolutely blew my mind. Just straight as an arrow, approach shots like lightning bolts, just rolling in every putt she looked at. It, it was just unbelievable to watch. And we'll see some of that this week at the Augusta National Women's Amateur where Jennifer Cupcho is the defending champion. Yeah, yeah and she will – She will, oh, sorry, Seth. You're she good. will not Go be defending her title this week, as you know, since she's number – what is she, number like nine in the world now or something like that? That is correct. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. so I mean, she's just been going off. And so that's one of the reasons why it seems so long ago. And, you know, one thing I really just want to touch on, guys, because we – we talked because we had talked about this in one of our late last shows. It would have been probably four or five episodes ago, maybe even more. You know, there there is a market, and I think a huge market for the women for the women's golf and women's golf industry in particular. And I feel like this tournament is maybe the could be the start of the milestone that is getting the not necessarily the LPGA but women's golf up to a level that I think it can be competitively because. I mean, this tournament is just, first of all, it was a super cool concept. And for a historically, I mean, just centuries behind the ages course that Augusta is to be able to come out and finally do this and have a women's event to allow the game of golf to, go, to grow is truly fabulous. And I think I would love to see, for example, some other of the nicer courses, like we've talked about when they have the matches and stuff like that, having them at Seminole and all kinds of things like that. I would love to see more things like that, more bigger courses take on some responsibility to have, like, for example, this women's amateur at Augusta. Like, let's say Cypress Point held a women's amateur every year. Like, like maybe let's get a, a rotation, have um, – I know, obviously, the LPJ and all major tours have four, four or five majors. Let's get a, a rotation for, for um, boys as well. Get a rotation of four, four, um, four majors for, for the amateurs, and I think this could be the start of that. Get um, – you know, get the women's uh, women's amateur, get a Cypress um, amateur. I don't know, just just some ideas I'm throwing out there. I just think that if if everything plays our cards right, this could be the start. And I say the start back in 2018 when it, or 19 whenever started will be the start of the growth of something that can be truly special. I don't know about you guys, but I truly think that this is one of the best events for the game when it comes to the women's perspective. I totally agree. And uh, as far as the local uh, flavor goes. Uh, the ANWA, you're going to have Maya Stark from Oklahoma State. Uh, her golf week ranking is 11th, uh, and, and she won by uh, 15 shots earlier this year at the Heroes Lady Intercollegiate. And while we're on the subject of Oklahoma State women's golf, uh, Maya Stark wasn't even at their tournament this week because she was getting ready for this tournament. Uh, but the Cowgirls actually went out there uh, and won – by a wide, wide margin. They finished 15 under uh, for the tournament uh, down in uh, Argyle, Texas. They finished 15 under at the Bruzy in Argyle, Texas. Liana Bailey was 11 under and won by eight shots. So they did that without, uh, I mean, I would assume their best player, but it sounds like Liana Bailey uh, is right up there as well if you're finishing 11 under and winning by eight. So that was pretty impressive by the Cowgirls too. 
Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Best of luck to Maya Stark. Uh, and best of luck to all the women at the Augusta National Women's Amateur this weekend. Should be a great event. Uh, and it runs opposite the first major of the season for the women, the A&A Inspiration, which Sam Taylor and I last year, we we went back and forth about this 18th hole at the A&A. Just the oh hole my. itself. Oh, my. I forgot all about it. Um, okay. The wall. I mean, the yeah. wall. If, if you're not familiar with the hole, it's a par five. It's reachable in two, and it's kind of a peninsula green that comes out to where there's water front, left, and back. But they put a wall, an artificial wall behind the green. This year, I assume it'll be there with fans in it. So essentially, you can just blast a low bullet at the green at this par five, hit the wall, take a drop in the drop zone, and get it up and down for birdie. And so we just shredded this hole last year. That being said, <laughs> it's... It it does make for some exciting finishes. The the finish last year was incredibly exciting. Uh, you know, Nellie Corda, Jessica Corda, uh, all playing great golf right now. So I, I will definitely watch some of this tournament this week, especially on Sunday. I watched it on Sunday last year, uh, and it was it was great entertainment. It's just something about that 18th hole just just doesn't do it for me, Taylor. What do you think? Man, I I remember last year like it was yesterday, guys. I mean, it. Even Justin Thomas came out and tweeted about it, how bad it was, because because it was tr- it was tremendously horrible. I, I mean, especially since the fact that there, there there were no fans there. This wasn't even at a point of limited access. This was the only people out there were media people and I guess the what the spouse of the players, that kind of thing. And you know, to put it in perspective for anyone who isn't aware, the the A and A is the tournament to where the infamous um, after you win the tournament, the the player jumps in with their caddy and whoever makes the big splash, that's where this tournament is. And that the hole that we're talking about is is the one where they jump into said pond. And for the fact of them to essentially put think of it as think of it as a backboard essentially for the hole. It's a par five that should be risk reward. You either need to lay up and hit a wedge in there tight or you have to hit a very controlled, very high, very soft, long iron, hybrid, fairway wood, whatever it may be. And the fact that you could just take a 12-degree three-wood from the middle of the fairway, and as long as you carry it the distance, it could land on the backside of the green, hop straight into the hospitality tent, back off as like it was a backboard, and just be there to act like you're chipping. And, you know, like last year for the tournament, I, I don't blame the ladies one bit. It's it's basically part of the hole. So, I mean, I would play it the same way. If I have – like, for example, if I was in in-between yardage, I'm going to smoke the – I'm just going to smoke the, the longest one and just hit that back wall like a backboard and, um, you know, just go play it like that. And so I think that that design, especially last year, was just highlighted so much with, with there being no fans. It's made it a completely asinine concept. But even now that there will be fans, I just see it as a – just in an, we talk about integrity of the hole all the time, and that is the exact opposite of keeping the integrity of the hole there. And I think it really diminishes – the final of a major championship, which is the last thing that I want to see. Yeah, it's just kind of like the Kutcher thing we were talking about last week. All, these things only happen in professional golf uh, with these artificial scoreboards or, or uh, grandstands and stuff like that. Um, as far as the golf goes in the A&A, um, you know, you got to like the Corda sisters, MB Parks, one of the favorites, but uh, I think your best bets this week are Lexi Thompson at 14 to 1, Wenji Lee at 22 to 1, uh, Aria Jatanugarn at 55 to 1, even though she hadn't been playing her best golf. I mean, she's still a two time major champion. So uh, it's good. obviously great major, uh, great 
and stuff this week. So uh, it'll be interesting to see some good women's golf, both at, uh, at Augusta National and the A&A. Yeah, it's hard not to look at Nellie Corda with the way she's yeah, been playing. Absolutely. But like I said, Tyler, I, I'll just I'll throw out Jennifer Cupcho. Give me Jennifer Cupcho at seventy to one. The week opposite the Augusta National Women's Amateur, in which she won the inaugural event. I'll will take Cupcho this week. Go ahead, Tyler. I was going to say, yeah, I, I I love that Cupcho pick. I do think that the the timing of it, you know, like you said, because it, it seems like ten years ago that Cupcho won this tournament, and who. I can't remember. Colby, do you remember the name of the lady that she was going against? She ended up winning by four Man, or five. I don't. It was a head-to-head matchup down the stretch. Yeah, I, I can't um, I mean, remember it, who it was. It was a pet, really, really great tournament. And, um, I mean, I like her. I mean, number one um, player in the world, uh, Jin Young Ko, um, would obviously be someone that everyone looks at. And uh, so, but, I mean, I, I'm, I'm telling you, from the golf that I was seeing and watching from, obviously, I haven't seen every single LPGA round played, but, when I've seen a Nellie Corder, she seems like the, the lady beat guys. And so, I mean, Jennifer Cupcho, Nellie Corder, kind of pick or choose. You go with any of the top three players, um, either Co, Park, or Kim. And so, I mean, I think it's a wide open race. And, I mean, Dark Horse, we haven't even mentioned her. Lexi Thompson guy's getting back up to number six in the world. I mean, she's starting to play some pretty good golf and getting back to where she was a few years ago. And so, I think Marie- it would be great for not, not just golf in general, but especially American um, ladies got to have uh, Corda and now Lexi Thompson and um, and obviously uh, Jessica Corda as well, who's number 18 in the world. So I think it's going to be a fabulous tournament. And, you know, not to pick favorites, I may be watching more of the A&A and the uh, Augusta tournament than I am even the uh, the uh, Valero Texas Open, as great a tournament as that's going to be. Yeah, I was just going to mention that Cupcho won by four, 10 under to six under over Maria Fossey in 2019. Fossey, doesn't it? Yeah, that's who it was. Good pull. Uh, okay, good stuff. Looking forward to all those tournaments this weekend. We need to take a break, come back on the other side. We've got a lot more to get to. We've got to talk about what this tournament means this week for a former Oklahoma State Cowboy who needs a big finish. Uh, we've got our full previews. We've got college golf update. It's all coming up next. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back, rolling along here on a Tuesday as we get you ready for a big weekend in the game of golf. It is 
uh, the week that is Masters Eve. We've got one more tournament, just a few more sleeps separate us from another Masters tournament. And, of course, the Valero Texas Open this week being contested on the Oaks course down in San Antonio. Goes a little more than 7,400 yards, par 72. Gets pretty windy down there. And, fellas, I mentioned a former Cowboy that needs a big, big finish this week. Ricky Fowler has fallen to 94th in the world. There's exactly one scenario this week that gets Ricky Fowler into the Masters. Taylor, he's got to win. Do you give Rick? I mean, what, what do you think, Ricky, this week? Does he make the cut? Does he contend and then come up short? Does he hoist the trophy? What do you think of Ricky in what basically is a must-win week for him to avoid missing the Masters for the first time in more than a decade? I think that the chances of him hoisting the trophy on Sunday are very small. Uh, and, and like I, I had mentioned before, I, I, I want to see Ricky in the Masters. I, th I think it's good for the game. I think, it, I think it is bad if he's not in the tournament. And he's going to get a lot, a lot of criticism if he's not in the tournament and they play a commercial with him in it. And so I think that that honestly will be bad for him in that aspect. And not even to his own detriment at that point, it's just going to be a, an instant hey, let's pick on this guy because he's on a commercial, not even in the tournament type of thing. And, you know, reading back on some of his most recent finishes, gentlemen, um, besides that, um, besides the backdoor finish top 20 that he had at the Genesis where he shot, what, even on the final round or whatever, he's got a 21st at the American Express. And other than that, he doesn't have a finish inside the top um, 53 all year, guys. And so, I mean, I and um tbc san antonio the oaks course is not a place you want to go be searching for your game and we, we saw what happened at um at the uh, at the last tournament where you guys both picked him to miss the cut and i said he'd make the cut and um make the cut and not do very well and that's essentially what happened and i just i don't think that ricky's at a point in his game to not only play hit the ball and play good enough to win a tournament but it, even if he does scramble it around and get in contention on Sunday, to be able to trust his game on the back nine, to be able to hit the shots, to be able to aim. Because out there at San Antonio, there's a lot of not necessarily blind tee shots, but you have to commit to your lines because they could be very visually intimidating. And so if you if you got the pressure of winning tournament, and this is extra pressure of winning tournament because not only has he not won in a long time, this is his only chance to get into Augusta. So this is like magnified times 100. For Ricky, and so I think when you add all those things up, I think that more more than likely, I would say, unlike the other time that we picked, I think that he actually does miss the cut this week, just because of the fact that he's going to put so much pressure on himself. And it's and as much as PJ National is the same way, this is not a golf course that you want to go to searching for your game. What do you think, Sam? You know, I, I'm going to say I'm going to go out on a limb, which actually it's not that much of a limb. I know we're talking about Ricky, but he's not even the guy from OSU that I would give the best chance to win and get in the masters this week. That would Ooh. be Charles Howell the third Charles Howell the third has been playing better golf than Ricky Fowler this year. And, uh, and I think he has a way better chance to win. If you're looking for an OSU guy to get in to the masters this week from the Bolero, Texas open, Ricky is struggling. Um, I don't see him making it at all. There's no chance. See, I, 
I think that Ricky makes the cut, but I mean, asking a guy to win the tournament the week before to get into the Masters, that's a big ask. I do think Ricky will make the cut. I imagine, you know, he knows that this is his last chance. I imagine that he's been grinding incredibly hard to try to get his game ready for this week because he knows what this tournament means to him and what it could mean to his career to get in the Masters and kind of get everybody's uh, respect back. You know, he's been in this slump for so long. Nobody's picking him. Nobody's really looking at him as a contender. So uh, I do think it's a big week for Ricky, and I think I think he'll play better than he has played, but it's just I don't think you can go from the way he's playing to a win. I think it'll result in like a T17 or a T22, something like that. So I think he'll, he'll have an okay week, but no, I do not think that he will win the tournament. Uh, if you want to deal with the big winners, you need to go see Diffie Ford Lincoln. Diffie Ford Lincoln is just 15 minutes west of the Oklahoma City Metro, and they've been selling cars and trucks to Oklahomans for 67 years. To last that long in the automobile business, you have to treat people like family, and that is exactly Exactly what the Diffie team prides itself on. So come on by and check out the new 2021 Ford F-150 or the all-new Lincoln Navigator, and the Diffie team will always have your best interest at heart. So if you hate the typical car dealer hassle and are looking for a different experience on your next vehicle purchase, give the Diffies a call and feel free to ask for Lane Diffie. That's right, you can deal directly with the owner. Diffie Ford Lincoln, just 15 minutes west of the Metro on I-40 in El Reno. Fellas, it is time to preview the Valero Texas Open. Let's start with DraftKings, and I'll get us kicked off since I had the second place finish a week ago. I've still been on a little bit of a heater. Haven't won in a while, but I haven't been outside the top five in the last seven weeks. Uh, So we'll see if I can keep that rolling this week. And I'm going to start with my cheapest option. Uh, I know who my expensive option is off the top of my head. I'm waiting for my cheapest option to load. All right, here we go. Cheapest option at 6700 I'm going to go with a guy I've picked a couple of times this year, Andrew Landry. Down in the wind, hitting stingers, playing good golf, giving himself a chance. I needed somebody in the 6,000s. I kind of bounced back and forth from Landry to Cameron Percy, and I settled on Andrew Landry. So that'll be my cheapest option at 6,700. I don't know which, which of you two finished higher in the DraftKings pool last week. That would be I, Sam. I finished. Yeah. I finished way down there. Sam, you were you were up there. My my match play. Whenever you pick guys that that don't win a match or have a match, you're not going to be very hot. So that was. So go ahead. Sam. I I did have Horschel, but Hatton and Hatton and Day killed me. Anyway, so uh, so I'm I'm going to start it off. I'm going to go with the Edmund North Goat. In my opinion, I'm going with Austin Eckroat at 6,300. I mean, 6,300 for a guy. For a guy who's one of the best amateurs in the world, plus he's he's already played in a PGA Tour event. He made the cut, uh, and he's getting ready um, down there right now. He got a sponsor's invite, sixty three hundred. I think that's great value for for a guy that. that- Good. Well, and one thing that Eckroat can say that probably nobody else in the field can, Austin Eckroat in his PGA Tour career has a 100% success rate of finishing in the top 15. I mean, who, who can say that? Almost nobody. Now he's one for one. He, he finished T12 at Mayakoba. <laughs> so a uh, little bit of a small sample size there. But, Taylor, go ahead. Who's your cheapest option? Yeah, hey, hey, 100% is 100%. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter how you do it. And you know what, Sam? I hate to do it. You copied my pick. And, you know, the main reason, not, e- not even necessarily – all the things you said, Sam, were all 100%. But let's not forget, guys, OSU played a college event down there less about a month ago, if not less. And I, and Eckroat, the last two his last two rounds, he shot 70 and 69 and ended up finishing fifth in the tournament. So not only has he played the course recently, but he played the course recently and he did it very well at that. So talking about a guy for 6,300, a guy who I think 
here's a question for you guys. Obviously, we know the easy answer here, right? What would you, would you say? But what are the odds that Eckrope beats Ricky this week? What would y'all put it at? Ooh. I uh, honestly, I'd probably have both of them. I'd, I'd do the Vegas bailout where you sit on the fence, and I'd put both of them at minus 110. So I, I think it's a coin flip between Eckrote and Ricky this week. What do you think, Sam? That's saying something, too. I don't know. I think you would still have to make Eckrote the underdog. Uh, um, man, I don't know, though. I, 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 think I, I think I might bet on Eckrote if I had that bet, that tournament matchup bet. Maybe a little Eckrote, like plus 200. If if I could get if I get plus money on Eckrode versus Ricky, I, I would do it seriously. And it, it's so funny that we asked that question. I asked it almost as if not necessarily a joke, but I, I figured kind of like you said, Sam, Eckrode would be at least plus two hundred. I would think. And Colby's over here saying it's closer to even money, which may even be the case whenever you look at everything on paper. Because uh, Ricky's, I mean, it, it, he's just been searching, guys. And let, let me ask you my this: next, Who, who, my who has a more is, recent? Real quick, who has a more oh, recent, more recent top fifteen finish on the PGA Tour? Yeah, Ekro. well, it's Eckrode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's also yeah I, I had Ricky's pulled up just a second ago. He hadn't had a top 15 since um, the FedEx St. Jude Invitational last year, the WGC um, at uh, in Memphis. So, so yeah, he's been searching for a while. My next, my next pick, guys, a gentleman who is young guy, very young, kind of the same as Ekro, you know, just up and coming, hasn't really done much with his career, but he's very, very long off the tee as well. Everything I'm saying is complete, complete sarcasm. I'm going with 6,800 Jim Furyk. This is a guy who is – I don't know. Does he have any um, captain rights in the in the Ryder Cup? Is he an assistant with Stricker, or is he just uh, – or does he not doing anything? Do, you want to, do either one of y'all know? I do not know. No, I don't. I'm not sure. I'd have to look that up, T-Dub. I'd have to look it up too. But nevertheless, I'm going, I'm going off of the play. So – I'm going to look it up. Not only has he been playing well, not only on – he missed the cut at the Honda, but had been making cuts on the PGA Tour. Been playing well in the Champions Tour when, when he went out there. And in three appearances here, guys, he has not missed the cut, and only one finish has been worse than 26th. Um, so, for a guy less than 7,000, um, and I'm going, to go with, I'm going to go with him. Also, too, just because uh, knowing, knowing the Oaks course – if you're offline, you're not going to be able to play it. And so I want someone who's going to be in the fairway every single time. So that's another reason why I really like Jim Furyk. And I don't know what a bet would be on maybe a top 20 finish. I bet you could probably find some decent money on that. I think Furyk has a fairly decent week this week just because he's going to be one of those grinders who is keeping it at par, making a couple birdies, not making bogeys, while other guys are out there making doubles and triples. Or like Kevin not making 16s or whatever it was he made that one year. All right, T-Dub, I'm going to go with – 7,300. I mean, the guy is perennial. He's the new Taylor Gooch. DraftKings gives him no respect. He had a great week at the players a couple of years ago. He's definitely played this course. He played college golf in the great state of Texas. Doug Gim. Doug Gim, uh, is, your is boy. Doug your, is, is Doug your version of my Bazaine hoot? Is it just going to be <laughs> pick someone every week no matter what their price is? Absolutely. Doug. Doug is the man. We love Doug. Doug Gim. Got to show him some love every week for sure. Uh, all right, so my second <clears> – <throat> pardon me, my second cheapest option, a guy who played pretty well last week in Punta Cana, a guy who's been known to play some pretty good golf in the month of April. 
That's Danny Willett. And going out on a little bit of a limb here, but I figure he'll have low ownership. Maybe he won't. Looks like Taylor is uh, a little frustrated here, so maybe he won't have low ownership. But Danny Willett played well a week ago. Uh, you're getting him at a pretty good number at 7,700 to help you build some other guys into your lineup. So I'll take Danny Willett at 7,700. And then uh, it, it's getting a little hot in here, boys. We got some burns. We got some Sam Burns at 8,000. Sam Burns about to shmoney dance on him down in San Antonio. Go ahead, do yourself a favor and Google Sam Burns shmoney dance. You'll also get an appearance from local legend Brad Dalkey, former Sooner. So check that out. Uh, you will not be disappointed. All right. I'm going to go with 7,800 Charles Howell III. Has sneakily been playing some great golf lately. At the players, he shot a 66 plus 6.2 shots on the field uh, in round four. Um, he's had his last seven and eight rounds. Other, Let's see. His last 10 rounds, uh, he's been positive strokes gained, um, except for round three in the Putacana uh, Classic or whatever. And so basically my point is Charles Howard third at 7,800. That's great value because Datagolf has him as the 13th ranked player uh, to be the favorite this week. Yeah, Charles Howe's just been driving the ball so well, and I think that's something that you have to do around this place. You have, have to be able to put the ball in play off of the tee or else you're going to get cactuses in your butt, and that, and those kind of sting a little <laughs> bit. So so we don't want that to happen. Um, my next cheapest guy is someone who has already been mentioned by someone who thought that they would have low ownership, Colby, a.k.a. That is our <laughs> man, Danny Willett, because like every, every reason he said, plays well in April, has been playing well last week, and I think that – you know, I, I, one thing I look for in this tournament, guys, the week before a major is I don't want – I'm trying to think of guys who are not looking the week ahead, right? So, like, someone like Ricky is obviously looking – he sh- shouldn't be because he's trying to focus on the moment, but has to look ahead because that's where he wants to be. And, like, if, for example, if DJ was going to play, I would say, oh, well, he, maybe he's looking forward to next week, so he's not going to be 100% this week. So, I, I think Danny Wilde is a guy who, even though he's won at Augusta, I think that gives him a little bit of comfort knowing that he can go back there any any time that he wants and has been playing well. So I don't think he has much pressure to play well. So I think that's why he's just going to be kind of on cloud nine and go out there, keep the good form that he's been on. Um, my next pick, guys, is I had a little bit of excess money. I could have went with a Sam Burns. I'm glad I didn't because I don't want too much lap over over someone who's, who's going to have such low ownership in Danny Willett, Colby. I mean, you thought you were getting such a steal there. So I'm going to go with a guy who – Probably I may have low ownership, may not, because for two reasons. One is that his form has been absolutely god awful, but his um, but his play at this course has been um, unprecedented, and that's Ryan Moore at seventy nine hundred. Um, his finishes at this course since twenty twelve, he finishes eighth, eighteenth, seventh, and third, and so out of four appearances, has no has no finish worse than eighteenth. But over the last going back to, to the um, American or the American Express start this year has only made two of four cuts. Um, the cuts made were at the Players, where he finished 35th, and the Pebble Beach, where he finished 26th. Um, last tournament he played, missed at the Honda. So, I mean, I guess if I'm looking for any positives, two out of the last three tournaments he's made the cut, but before that it's been really trash. But apparently there's something about this course that Ryan Moore loves. And for his form and the price, 7900 I mentioned this a couple of times where DraftKings – you kind of see a price that looks a little overvalued and you're like, eh, it, it's kind of like the opposite of a Vegas bet where it's like, it, it's too good to be true. And you're like, why is this so high? You shouldn't be able to do this. 
and he shouldn't be able to play this good, and he ends up doing it. And I think that's what you get with Ryan Moore. So I, I think Ryan Moore has a good week, one of those horses for courses um, that we always like to ride with. So go ahead with your next pick, sir. I like that. I'm going to go with 8,500. Zach Johnson. He hasn't missed a cut this year. He's one of the best putters on tour. He's gaining 0.75 strokes on the field putting every single round. Um, and the last time he played at Valero in 2018, uh, he had three, or I mean, excuse me, he had four rounds um, over positive two strokes gained on the field, which is really impressive. Um, I, I think Zach Johnson is not just the guy. Um, who's had good current form because he, you know, he's made the cuts, but he hasn't really contended yet, but he has a great course history too, which makes 8,500 great value. Colby. Yeah, it definitely does. It's such great value, Sam, that I think I'll run Zach Johnson out at 8,500 as well. That's my <laughs> next most expensive guy. I, you know, I was looking for something in the mid eights with good value and I just don't feel like Zach's going to miss the cut. And just that comfort of knowing that he's probably going to be there uh, on the weekend is nice at 8,000. And then at 9,400, I'm jumping up into the mid nines for my next pick. Give me a guy who played really well last week at the match play, but didn't even get through his group. Ryan Palmer got two and a half points in the match play. Two 0-1, two and a half points. So he finished solo 17th as he lost in the playoff to John Rahm to get out of group play. But man, is he playing some good golf and, and he's due to win a tournament and to do it in Texas. Uh, obviously, he's a Texas guy. I think that would be even more special for Ryan Palmer. So I really, I, I love Ryan Palmer this week, guys. So there was no question that I was rostering him at 9,400. He's actually the first name that I clicked on when I went to set my lineup. So Sam, who you got? I got Cooch at 9,000. Cooch. Uh, normally, I wouldn't pick a guy who's only made six of 11 cuts and who hasn't had a top 10, but his current form last week, I, he, he didn't win last week, which I like, which uh, I, if he would have won last week, I probably wouldn't have picked him, but he might be a little more hungry going into this week and then he, getting ready for the Masters next week. Great current form. And last time he played at the Valero in 2019, he was positive strokes gained every single round. And then round three, he had shot a nice 67 and was four shots up on the field. So clearly he likes this course and great current form after last week. He was putting the ball lights out last week. Yeah, and, you know, I, I want to I talk about both of y'all's picks just to elaborate a little more. Ryan Palmer, for your pick, Colby, going from – 2015 to 2017, he finished sixth, fourth, and sixth at this event. So, I mean, this that's a guy who has some really good um, track record here. And um, your boy Matt Kuchar, Sam, is someone who I almost picked because going back to 2012, he has not missed a cut at this event in eight appearances. And obviously, with his third last week, the the th the reason I don't pick I didn't pick Kuchar is um, kind of like I mentioned earlier with looking forward to Augusta. I think he may be doing that and. While he didn't win last week, he played a lot of rounds of golf. So I, I, I'm looking, maybe he might be. I'm, I, I actually think Kuchar has a really good, I think Kuchar plays well this week. But I'm just worried that he may have that tired aspect while looking ahead at the same time. So that's why I just stayed away. But my gut instinct says that Kuchar plays well. So I, I just wanted to highlight both of y'all's picks a little bit more there. Um, my next pick, guys, I skipped the eight and the nine thousands altogether. And I'm going with a ball strike machine at 10,100. That's a Deki Matsuyama. Um, did not play particularly well last week um, at the match play and didn't play very well the week before at the players. But before that, had finished 18th and 15th at the Workday and the American Express consecutively. Um, so, And those were tough courses with some windy conditions. So I think that he'll translate over to here. And also I think Hideki's at a point to where he's not really looking forward to Augusta because he's not got his A game. 
So I think that he's kind of looking to not necessarily make a statement, but to prove to himself and to just kind of gather gather some more intel on his game per se to to go into Augusta. So that's why I like Hideki. And then um, next guy is next guy I'm thinking, guys. I have I had a lot of money left over. I'm going with the most expensive guy in the field now that DJ withdrew. That's Tony Finau. I mean, I, I'm I'm looking for sure bets, and this is a guy who. Unless he's doing the the look ahead, which a lot of people can do for Augusta, I, I think he's got a great chance to, to win this week. Even even I know we talk about him and finish in second all the time, but this may be the time that he breaks through because um, he has made the cut here in his three appearances. Didn't finish too well in a couple of them, but does have a third place finish back in 2017 and has been playing really well um, up until his missed um, missed cut at the players had uh, finished 14th at the work day and then had was that three or four consecutive seconds in a row so I mean has been playing well and I, I, I like Fino this week just because also the aspect of he's going to be able to put it in if he's able to put it in play he doesn't have to hit driver on a lot of holes so he's going to be able to hit a shorter club to put himself into position. So I, I think Fina is a really good fit for this course. And I don't, as long as he avoids the looking ahead fact, I think he has a, a, a top five finish, uh, top 10 at worst finish in my opinion. Well, T-Dub, I hope that happens because Colby and I have the Finau versus Speed versus Speed bet um, who wins first. But I'm actually picking Jordan Speed this week. Yeah. I'm going to pick Jordan Speed to win. I'm going to do a little reverse psychology, but it's actually because I do think he's going to win. He's had his course history here. He's had 10 rounds at positive two and a half strokes gained on the field. And he has his best current form in a long time. I'm going to go with Jordan Spieth to win this week. He's made eight of 12 cuts, three top tens masters week next week. He loves this time of year. Uh, there's no way that he can lose to Finau this week. I think that that's my best bet is a tournament matchup, Speed versus Finau. I'm going Speed at plus 115. I love it. I love it so much. All right, so you got Speed. So you're rostering him in DraftKings as well. Yes, what was his price on DraftKings? His price was 10700 Okay, all right. So that's a 1000 higher than the guy that I'm taking. And, you know, we like the local guys. Go to college around here. Have a chance to win. Show me Abraham answer. You've got the question. I've got the ping answer, and his name is <laughs> Abraham. He's going to knock it around this track. And, and, I mean, Abraham answer is a perfect – I mean, he's a perfect, you know, just description of the fact that it's hard to win on the PGA Tour. Abraham answer is so good, and he's come so close to winning on the PGA Tour. Hasn't been able to get it done yet. I think there's a good chance he does this week. Abraham Answer played well last week at the match play. Uh, kind of stumbled on the back nine against Victor Hovland, then lost to Kevin Streelman in the playoff after he beat Kevin Streelman like five and four heads up, something like that. So that was a lot of fun for all Abraham Answer. But that got him another couple days of rest, and he can go down to San Antonio and get himself ready for the Oaks course. So, uh, yeah, Abraham Answer, I've got him at the top of my lineup at 9,700. Uh, fellas, let's move along, shall we, to one-and-done picks? Anybody feeling good about theirs and want to fire it out this week? Go ahead. Whoever's feeling good, fire it out. I'm going Kuchar. Kuchar one-and-done. Kuchar one-and-done. Yeah, I mean, like we said, I, I think he has a good week. As long as he's not doing doing the look-ahead thing like we, like we had talked about, I, I think he does well because he is a, a really good fit for that course, and if the wind does get up, He's going to be able to, to get around me. That's why I just like guys who are going to be able to get it in play. And I'll tell you what, guys, my next pick I'm really excited about. But before I do, I do want to make a point that my dad ended up texting me and reminding me last night, Sam, you owe me a pizza because Patrick Reed didn't get out of his group in the match play. I oh. do. You're right. I oh. do. That is absolutely true. 
I forgot. Man, I, I like I like that trip. I like that triple XL thick crust stuff, man. So make I got make you, sure bro. to load it up five toppings and everything, you know. So <laughs> just want to make sure to rub that in some. I, I had actually totally forgot about it. So thank you can go ahead and thank Randy for for the pizza because you would have gotten <laughs> off of it if no, uh, if no, he no. hadn't because I totally forgot. Um, but my next one and done pick, guys. This is a guy going back to two thousand nine. Has not missed the cut at this event, and, oh. and he's played every single year of the event. And hey, I'm, I'm looking at his recent finishes, gentlemen. I mean, has not missed a cut going back to the waste management this year. And I mean, he's got the maybe the uh, maybe the best looking hair on tour, maybe the second best with Fairway Jesus. Could be a long battle. And then there was Andrews Gonzalez. He's not on the tour anymore, but he had the best hair forever. Um, I'm going with Charlie Hoffman. I mean, I, I think he has a really good week this week. And I think at worst, I would say top 20 finish, in my opinion. Charlie Hoffman Monday on Instagram posted a picture of himself wearing a T-shirt, and it had the Valero Texas Open logo, but it said Charlie Hoffman Open on the front, and it had his career earnings in just this event underneath that. Yes. It was like $3.7 million. We had it down to the exact dollar on this shirt, printed out on this T-shirt <laughs> at the Charlie Hoffman <laughs> Open. So Charlie Hoffman obviously loves him some Valero Texas Open. I thought about running him out this week. I don't know why. I've got a good feeling about the former Sooner. I've got a good feeling about Abraham Answer. I watched a little bit of him last week. I feel like his game is really close to where it needs to be. He contended at Augusta last fall. Augusta's being played again next week. You, you get the good vibes. So, I don't know. I'm running out Abraham Answer. I, I thought long and hard about Charlie Hoffman, though, Taylor. He was definitely up on my list. Uh, I also like Ryan Palmer this week, but of course, I've already used Ryan Palmer, so that's not really an option. Uh, Sam, I'm a little surprised that you didn't run Jordan Spieth out as much as you were talking him up with his chances this week. It's because I might pick him next week. Oh. But, uh, don't, do it. don't do it, Sam. But, uh, thinking about it, too. Don't hey, do it. I, I got if, a if we both run speed that at a major, there's no way he makes the cut. No <laughs> chance. I'm thinking about just picking speed until Finau wins. Do a little reverse psychology. <laughs> hedge your bet. Dude, it's the ultimate hedge your bet, dude. You're just hedging your bet. I think that's smart. Yeah, I, I like I mean, it. You're in a win-win situation. I mean, hey, I, I, I respect a good hedge. I want to do – before we move on, I want to do our um, our weekly game of uh, Guess the Strength of Field, um, if Ooh. you guys hadn't looked at it. Um, always interesting the week before a major to see what what good players get. And obviously, DJ withdrew, so it's made the field a little bit worse. Um, whichever one of y'all wants to go first, um, go ahead and shoot for it. Just for comparison's sake, before we start, last week, WGC match play only had 66 players, but obviously – or I'm sorry, 64 players, and um, – the um the um not every single one of them played but, but top 68 69 played um strengthville was 773 to put into perspective so whichever one y'all wants to go first guessing the uh, valero texas open strengthville this week well last week or i mean uh earlier this week it would have been a lot higher because dj withdrew so i'm gonna say 500 yeah i don't think it's quite that high i, I think that's an overshoot i'm gonna go uh Let's see, Finau, answer speed. Give me 291. Not too off, Colby. The answer is, which is funny, Abraham answer. The answer is uh, 206. Oh, really? not, I wasn't even not, close. Not, not the high, well, well it, it's ba- the reason is it's based off of the top 200 players and obviously the top 102. And um, there's only one, two, three. There's only eight players in the top 50 in the official world golf rankings playing. Um, yeah. One of them we hadn't even mentioned, guys, I want to get y'all's opinion on before we um, 
uh, move on. I actually, too, I also want to make the point that uh, the tournament Joe Damon won Puchicana, the strength of field there was a, a whopping 33. Um, so, so, <laughs> so the winner of this tournament will be get a little bit more world ranking points. No, no discrediting to Joe Damon. Obviously, awesome that he was able to win and get that done. Galgan brought up, almost won the match play last week, really didn't have his stuff in that final match, but a Texas native. What do y'all think of Scotty Scheffler this week? Second highest ranked player in the field. I, I mean, I don't think he's going to play bad. I just wouldn't pick him to win after uh, last week. But, you know, like, I, it's just a long week. Um, a lot of golf last week. I just thought he might be kind of tired and maybe looking forward to Augusta, too. So Yeah, I, uh, I actually do think that he's going to play bad. I, I think that getting to the finals of the match play and losing, you know, on his home turf in Austin, I, I just think the mental exhaustion of teeing it up, what is that, seven times and playing seven matches over the course of five days and then having to make the short drive from Austin to San Antonio and tee it up again to get ready for a tournament that, let's be honest, Scotty Scheffler doesn't really need to play that well in. He's in the Masters. His world ranking points are fine. Sure, it'd be a nice bonus if he played well this week, but he doesn't need this event. I, I just think he's going to be mentally exhausted from a week ago at the match play. I, I expect Scheffler to miss the cut this week. What are you saying, Sam? Uh, I just wanted to bring up a couple more uh, guys that we hadn't really mentioned in best bets. Um, I, I like Kuchar at, at 3,500 best bet. And then Lanto Griffin is another guy we, we didn't bring up that played well last week at the match play. He's plus 4,000. Uh, Zach Johnson, a guy I did mention, is plus 4,500. 4, and my best bet of the week, guys, is if you can find a bet where to not have a playoff, there has, there's been one playoff since 2000 and then it was Zach Johnson in 2009. So, I mean, one playoff in, in this event since 2000, I would have thought there would be more. Yeah, I would have thought so too. Looking at the best that bets is a here. Crazy, that is a crazy stat there, Sam. I just want to ask oh, go you. Go ahead, Kobe. I had well, an idea. What do you think about Corey Connors? Corey Connors, obviously, great ball striker, and this is the course where he Monday qualified in a few years back. He was a Monday qualifier who went on to win the event. Uh, Monday qualifiers starting to become a, a much bigger deal and much more mainstream in the game of golf with what Monday Q Info is doing on Twitter. That stuff is awesome. They're actually getting close to being able to stream Monday qualifier events, which will be awesome. You got these guys down there fighting for their golf careers, and that's what Corey. Connors was doing, and then he wins the Valero Texas Open. So I don't know, Taylor. You think Corey Connors has a chance to hoist the trophy down there again? Man, you, you would think he'd fit the mold, ball striker, th things that I've played this course. But like I mentioned earlier in the show, whenever you pick, or whenever I mentioned our DraftKings, whenever you pick guys in matches that go 0 and 3, don't even get a half a point, you, you're not going to do very well. And Corey Connors is one of those people. He went 0 and 3 last week in the match play. So I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if that's translating in anything. Um, I, I would not bet on him to win. Um, and I do think if he does make the cut, I do think it's in the 30-ish range, somewhere around there. So I, I'm, I'm kind of towards, kind of like you are on Scheffler, Colby, just for different reasons. I kind of think that uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Corey Connors this week. What do you think, Sam? Well, I, I was going to say, since the mass, since he shot a 65 in round two of the Masters uh, in November, he's only had two rounds uh, on like negative strokes gained on the field since the masters and um, stroke play events. And then last week um, he was actually positive strokes gained on the field um, in the, in two of his matches in the middle match, he was minus three strokes gained. So it, it was actually his worst round by far 
uh, since November uh, last week. So maybe he's losing form a little bit. Um, at, I don't know. Maybe it was just match play. Um, so you can't take a whole lot of one one tournament, one match play tournament. But he, he has been playing unbelievable golf, and he does have great course history. Uh, I might have missed a pick there. Maybe I should have put Corey Connors in my lineup the more I look at his, his stats on data golf. Yeah, all right. Uh, give me a college golf update this week. I know uh, I was looking earlier. We've got some of the smaller schools around the state down in, uh, what is this, Dallas, Texas, at Cedar Crest this week. Uh, Sam, what about OU and OSU? They teamed it up later in the week? Yeah, OU is at the Calusa Cup on April 4th in Naples, Florida. Um, and then OSU is teeing it up in Augusta on April 3rd uh, at Forest Hills Country Club at the Haskins Award Invitational. Um, so that's always a cool deal, the college tournament. If, if, uh, if you don't already know, uh, they play the college tournament a couple days before the Masters, and then the, all the players get some uh, badges to get, to get to go to one day of the Masters. Um, but I'm not sure if, that, if that'll happen this year because of COVID. Uh, but that's always a cool thing uh, that Augusta National does uh, to kind of partner with that Haskins Award Invitational. Yeah, absolutely. And looking at this uh, tournament with some of these smaller schools around the state of Oklahoma, Oklahoma City currently sitting in second behind Ranger College, Southwestern Christian sitting in third. And then Taylor, our hometown, University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma, USAO, currently sitting in fourth in that event down in Dallas. So some good college golf being played this week as well. Fellas, I don't think that we missed anything. We've got the Augusta National Women's Amateur, we've got the ANA, and we've got, uh, we've got the Valero Texas Open this week. Taylor, what you got? Yeah, I just want to uh, – a couple things. One, shout out USAO. Them, they just started their golf program, I believe, two or three years ago. Um, so they, I, I graduated in 2018 from there, and they didn't even have a, a golf program at that point. So shout out to them for being able to get up and running and going real fast. And before we got out, I just wanted to shout out um, all the Oklahoma guys. We had touched on a lot of them already. Obviously, Austin Eckert getting in as an amateur. Just want to shout out everyone on the PGA and the Corn Ferry Tour with some local ties. Um, Hunter Mahan, um, Bo Van Pelt, and um, our boy Rian Gibson, friend of the show, um, are all local guys that are also in the PGA Tour event um, down at San Antonio. Christoph Ventura, an OSU player, is playing. I'm trying to make sure I didn't miss anyone else. We touched on a lot of them already. Chucky Three Sticks, Ricky, obviously, all them. And then Going over the Corn Ferry guys, we had a great week last week for the Oklahoma guys. Wish, wish McGreevy or, or Timor was able to close it out, but this may be the week where they're able to do it. So I'll highlight some of the guys with local ties over there. Uh, Max is teeing it up again. He is actually the fourth highest ranked um, player in, um, in the world that is playing in the Corn Ferry Tour. He's ranked 214th in the world now, so really great for Max. Um, he's starting to play some really good golf. Peter Uline is in the field. Um, he finished second just a couple weeks ago, so maybe he can have a breakthrough win. Kevin Doherty's in the field. Our boy Taylor Moore is um, out there again looking to um, get get that breakthrough win that we just mentioned. Charlie Saxon, OSU guy, is playing. Um, uh, Grant Hirschman, OSU guy, is playing as well. Josh Creel, a guy that you know, Sam, and I know, very nice guy, is also in the field. Hopefully he can have a good week. Uh, Tyrone um, Asvegan from uh, Oklahoma City is in the field as well. So, I mean, guys, I mean, I, spe- I felt like I spent an hour just listening off all the Oklahoma guys. So, it's really great to see that. And hopefully one of these guys can end up getting that breakthrough win. And we just mentioned them on the Corn Ferry Tour. Hopefully next year we'll be talking about them on the PGA Tour. 
Yeah, absolutely. Max McGreevy in there at 11th right now in the points race. Uh, the money race, top 25, get their tour cards. So he's well on the way. And then Taylor Moore needs some more high finishes like what he had a week ago. He sits 59th currently in the Corn Ferry standings. And a reminder to everyone to get your edition of the Senior PGA Championship preview from Golf Oklahoma as soon as that drops next week. GolfOklahoma.org. Check that out as well. You can subscribe at GolfOklahoma.org. And you can listen right there on the homepage. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, take the time to go ahead and and subscribe and rate us. Give us a five-star rating if you do enjoy the show. Fellas, good stuff. Good week. We will be back next week. And when we come back next week, it will be Masters Week. It's already here. Seems like the time has flown by in these five months between Masters. So good stuff. Good luck to all the local guys this week. Ricky obviously needs to win to get in. I like answer this week. Eckroat's down there as an amateur. So a lot of good stuff this week on the PGA Tour and collegiately. And we get a sneak peek at Augusta National with the Augusta National Women's Amateur. So great stuff. Thanks everybody for listening once again to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. 